So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> Guys, I'm Ben Yay. Farmer, and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver, and I'm a cine newbie. Uh, we watch all kinds of movies. You forget your line? I forgot a second. <laughs> New and old. And we tell you if you should watch them too. Welcome back to Welcome So I Married back. a Cinephile. Here we are. Oh my God. Oh my God. We're alive. So much. So much, so much alive. to talk about. Oh my Lord, yes. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Do you want to catch up first? Sure. Uh, well, I think I don't really have anything like amazing or like, holy you get, shit. You got some stuff going on. Well, like what? You're going to Portland in a few oh, weeks. Oh, I'm going to Portland in a few Should just, we all talk like this the whole time? We should Bob. talk like this the whole time. Bob, where are the kids, Bob? They're back in the den. I put them in the den. I didn't want to deal with them, so I put on a shitty TV show. I'm not sure if it's even in English. They're fine. I locked them in the pantry. Let's go get the gin and tonics and go out to the beach. I'm exhausted. Exactly. No, now you're uh, you're going to Portland, right? Soon. So uh, the short film that I funded, that I wrote, based on the feature film that I also wrote, is being produced by the production company I also started with Robin Veda. So let me get this straight. All right. Something that you wrote, yes. you produced, yes. you raised money for, yes. is actually being made. It is. With a crew. There's going to be cameras. There's going to be gonna crafty. Be crafty. I'm, what kind of crafty? Do I don't you get know to, yet. Do you get a say on that? I actually do. This is so I'm going <laughs> to. I know that your twin brother, Gabe, listens. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell him right now. Gabe, if you could ask Mel to set aside some of her delicious cinnamon bun trays and mm. pumpkin pumpkin spice bars, uh, I'll have an order of those for every day on set, please Hot and thank cross you. Buns. Those are amazing. Oh, uh, so yeah, so I'm going out to Portland. We also have a business role play event coming up. Yes, we do. So we're doing that for Potential Squared, and then literally we get back from that the next morning at six in the morning. I hop on the plane to go to Portland to film this short film that I wrote with Rocket. Uh, is not going to be happy. No, but He's Rocket's going to have to fucking deal. <laughs> so, yeah, that is that is exciting. Yeah. I'm just so used to, like, just trying to get through the next two days yeah. that yeah. I forget that this stuff is coming up. And, well, I think it's important even when, even in the mundane, I guess, moments of life where uh, I suppose it feels like I have nothing going on, even though we have our lives going on. Right. It's important to remember that those moments are part of our journey, too, as artists, mm-hmm. and to find the loveliness and the beauty and the satisfaction in those moments. Yeah. Anthony Mindell, uh, whose studio we frequent is big on that. And I know I sent you a video about that, about like finding moments when you're like out walking your dog and it's a nice day and you can appreciate, you know, the sun being up or Mm -hmm. going and get your favorite latte at Starbucks, you know, those kinds of things. And too, I think like I originally I'd taken, you know, a year off of acting because I'm like, I just need to kind of find my center and get back to it. And I actually felt quite a bit ashamed about that Mm. just because we've been taught so much as actors like go, 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 just keep pushing, just keep working, just go, go, go. Yeah. And like forcing myself to actually take time away from this 
from acting specifically has actually opened up a lot of really incredible opportunities. Yeah, and who knows, like, had you not taken that year off, if you would have explored these other avenues or no. not. And now look what's happened. Yeah. Like, you are going out to film something in mm-hmm. the city you were raised in. Yep. So that's exciting. It's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. How about you? Any updates other than the potential squared that we're doing? Which well, I'm, I'm running the marathon in three weeks. You are running the marathon <laughs> in three weeks. Uh, I've been through uh, a lot of uh, physical therapy lately. I was having some trouble with my left IT band. Uh, as it turns out, running is super hard on your body. And when you what? run double-digit pieces with three months of training before a marathon, uh, it can be really hard on your system. So, yeah, really? I've been I've been doing a lot of PT lately, which has been great. Uh, shout out to Spear Physical Therapy Woo! on the Upper West Side. And and oddly enough, you're listening to Upper West Side Radio. So uh, there there's go. a couple of different plugs. Well, that's there. something we haven't said yet. Oh my gosh, yeah. We uh so we're it's it's kind of in the early stages. transitional stages of yeah. it, but this podcast is going to be broadcast on Upper West Side Radio. Uh, hosted uh, in part, uh, or not, not hosted, but uh, produced in part. Produced in part. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, um, one of my old teachers, Nicholas Martin Smith, who is the artistic director at Hudson Warehouse Theater Company, uh, is a part of this Upper West Side Radio and trying to get them more content and filling those time slots. We're going to be on at I think four different four nights different, every yeah, week. Yeah, every week. So this is insane. So for cab drivers <laughs> and house cleaners, if you're catching a late Uber or nannies, Lyft on the way home, if your Spotify is not working and you are forced to turn on the radio in your car, <laughs> you can listen to us. Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. If cars still have radios. I think they do. There, I'm pretty there sure are they're two, all required There used to be to. two separate knobs. One controlled the volume, and then the other controlled what station you wanted to listen to. Oh, I to. thought you were going to say the other controlled the heat. You just, the heat, way back when, there was just one radio channel. <laughs> the heat the is heat below the radio is below, control. Okay. There's like a hot and a cold. Do you remember, do you, did you ever have it where like they all started coming with just like a section for you to buy like a, a CD, CD player, player yeah, yeah, and yeah. no one, like most people didn't go to the trouble no, of you, getting one. Yeah. So that was just where like pens and spare change went. <laughs> and you kept the CD player in what now looks like a glasses case. Where yes. Where you'd like pull it out of your pocket and be like, oh, I'm going to put the front of my CD player on. Right. fucking jam to some counting crows. <laughs> you would, you know? Or you would take it off and put it in your purse. Have you so heard Jagged Little Pill? Go- <laughs> so the people wouldn't break into your car to steal it. And right. It's like, wait, guys, we can't leave. I need to take the panel off and put it in my purse I did so leave. that people don't break in. There was one point I left my iPod shuffle in my car mm-hmm. and it was stolen uh, because I had no CD player to take. Sure. And... <laughs> What the thief probably didn't know is that my iPod was loaded with show tunes. So I'm like, hope show you tunes. like show tunes, motherfucker. <laughs> Fleetwood probably, Mac. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Like, he just probably <laughs> opened it up. He's like, God damn it. Well, it's like when I was in Seattle. I lived in Seattle for a spell. Yeah. First night I was there, someone broke into my car. But they didn't, like, I had a TV in there. I had a printer which in there. Which they didn't take, They right? didn't take any of that. Yeah. They took a bag, which I assumed they thought was my purse. But little did they know that that was filled with candles and a cat of nine tails whip. <laughs> <laughs> that I had gotten during my time at Which is uh, Rocky Horror a story Show. In a, a story in itself. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, running the marathon, prepping for that. Work's going great. We have a lot of business and... Uh, we just recently started doing some standardized, standardized patient, patient medical role playing stuff, which, which has is been a lot of fun. Really fun. Uh, shout out to Linda for uh, facilitating that. Thank, Thank you, you, Linda. Um, yeah, so we are uh, we're coming out of our shells. Boo. Speaking of coming out of our shells.
I mean, it works. And yes, great. Yes. You were thinking of that about four sentences about earlier. Ten minutes ago. Yep. We watched. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the nineteen ninety. Original. Original Megan Fox is not in this one. No, I don't think she's even born yet. No. He's just a Thank glimmer God. in her daddy's eye. Thank God. Oh, my Lord. I was so excited that you chose this movie. Because I, like, I, 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 I listed three sure potential movies. I wasn't you did. I wasn't sure which movie to pick. Because there's so many that we yeah, haven't seen. This has always been in the back of my head. And this one was on there. And I was like, I don't know. And finally, you're like, all right, here's four. Just pick from one of yeah, them. Yeah, I think I listed Untouchables, Spaceballs. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, maybe? And no, then... no, no. I said When Harry Met Sally. Okay, but I, I think we should TMNT. save that for, like, Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, I kind of want to do it. Yeah. yeah. But I actually, I'm pretty sure, now after having watched it again, I'm pretty sure that I didn't watch it from top to tails. I haven't seen it the whole way through. Okay. But I've seen chunks of it. Yes. So yes. watching it, I finally watched it all the way through. This is my first time viewing it the whole way through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So some of my earliest memories i remember uh, th- th- there are just just sort of uh clips of memories that i have but they're all very vivid of me going to the movie theater mm-hmm. when i was i must have been 5 mm-hmm. when this came out this came out 1990 so i remember going with my twin brother and we were taken to the downtown movie theater by our mutual high school babysitter crush and her boyfriend, who I remember being a total douchebag. Well, of course. Um, I don't, or maybe I just didn't like no, him. No, that's I'm like, just... no, she's mine. You know? Right, sure. Um, so I, I remember the candy that we got. I remember sitting in this movie. I don't remember a lot of the movie, mm-hmm. but I remember, again, just like, it's like flash photography. Like, I, I can see certain images in my head. I remember it being really dark and a little bit scary, mm-hmm. but I also remember having, like, a great time because the cartoon actually came out three years before Right, and the that's movie. what this is based on. So, now, I was going to ask, is the cartoon based on a video game? Was there a video game before this? No, or did the I mean, video game come after? T- I'm not totally sure when the comic or graphic novels came out. Out. Okay, so it started with comic and graphic started, novels. Yeah, started there, and then it was licensed into a TV show, which was Cartoon. definitely more kid-oriented. And then they made this movie, which is heavily influenced by the 89 Batman. Like, it is yeah, it is it very dark. Grungy. They saw Tim Burton's it Batman. felt grungy. And comic book movies were still pretty new. You, st- you had, like, Christopher Reeve's Superman sure. from the 70s. Right. But from the Batman movie which came out the year before, they're like, okay, so Tim Burton made like a dark, gritty, kind of edgy no, vision yeah, of Gotham City. Yeah, it did not feel Disney. It did no, not feel the way all, that things feel now. And there's a, which, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but a lot of people did not realize that it was going to be so dark. Mm-hmm. So the sequel to this movie is very cartoonish. Which, okay. There's, there's actually just, no violence in the second I one. I do want to ask, there's one, there's one thing though that, are two things, now that you say violence, I have to bring this up. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I remember from some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie that there was a pizza montage Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking wow New Yorkers eat pizza all the fucking time (laughs) and you have to eat it this very specific way you have to fold it if you don't fold it get the fuck out of my city (laughs) like and I thought that that's how this started but now that I'm thinking about it I think it might be Teenage Ninja Turtles 2 oh okay where there's like everybody's eating pizza I saw that one in the theater as well to be honest I don't really remember I don't remember anything I just remember the pizza montage which I thought was it was one. very kidified. It was yes. very like 
like rated G. I think this was a PG. This rated, is PG. Th- this was PG. It was ni- it was ninety three minutes long. Which they um, said, "Damn and bitchin." Yeah, in yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, they, they push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. And even during the fight scenes, there are some fight scenes where they play kind of wacky, cartoonish music, and then. It's uh, th- there's like this big fight scene in the middle of the movie, and then as soon as uh, like Casey Jones enters for the second half, right? Then like the music turns like really intense, like right. an action movie. So here's my qualm with the with the violence yeah. though, yeah. is that no, yeah, it's grungy. It's you know, it's kind of like you can feel the grime in the film, as yeah. it were. It it's meant to feel like a dirty New York. Well, it's like setting. an eighty nine ninety New York yeah. City movie, where but it's kind of like with the yeah. violence. There was one part where Leonardo had his two katanas, right? Katanas. katanas. He has two katanas and he swiped at a ninja's legs and the ninja just, just fell tripped. over. His <laughs> legs did not come apart. Like if Deadpool watched this, he would have been infuriated. Right. You can't like, show legs coming off. You and like you know? and there were also the what is the three-prong thing? Oh, the size. The size. Yeah. He had those. No one got stabbed. Those are very sharp. People nice. just got hit with them. Yeah. Like you might as well have made all of those into like wooden prop right, things, right. which they were. Yeah. But they literally just kind of hit people with them and smacked them exactly. with it, and exactly. then just just fell over. Yeah, you like can't... part of me wanted a little bit, a little bit like more. I wanted a rated R teenage mutant ninja turtles. A rated R TMNT movie. Let's do that it. Like we don't want the Princess Bride remade. We leave that alone. <laughs> Come back to this and leave Megan fox out of this i wouldn't get jim henson on board no cg make it all practical jim well jim henson proper His like jim henson's company okay we if we want to go dark let's talk about the jim henson legacy and who didn't survive <laughs> sure, but God. at any rate that was something i took umbrage with because i'm like it feels grimy it feels intense and it was pg so maybe that's why they didn't do the gore and yeah, violence yeah, or anything yeah. but some of it was like okay you're teaching kids that they can swipe at someone with a knife and they'll just fall over right i'm, I'm not i'm not debating the physics of chopping or not chopping somebody's legs off but at the same time it's a kid's movie right I will say the action scenes were really well done, even though they were comic-y. They were really comic-y. To have, to have these four actors in these suits mm-hmm. be able to perform some of the shit that they did Oh my was God. incredible. Unbelievable. And the suits, which were, again, manufactured by Jim Henson's workshop, yes. they actually... They actually hold they up, hold and they look up. fantastic. Splinter like, holds up, and and I cannot even imagine. There's probably all sorts of documentaries on YouTube about the the animatronics inside of the suits right. and how much the helmets weighed. Oh my gosh! How great Splinter or uh, uh, yeah, Splinter, Splinter looked. Um, you just so much detail in these suits, and they and the and actors that were inside and, of the oh my suits yeah. were effortless. Yeah. Like it did not look like they were carrying all of this stuff. And it they, did not look like they were. They probably they have very limited vision. Yeah, there was one part where Donatello was putting a popsicle stick in his mouth, and the actor definitely missed a couple times <laughs> and like poked his face <laughs> twice and then yeah, got right. it into his mouth. Right, right. But it's like thinking about the fact that they had such limited vision. They're carrying so much that the actors did an incredible job so good so let's uh break into the plot a little bit again uh film was made in 1990 Mm -hmm. pg 93 minutes long per imdb the breakdown four teenage mutant ninja turtles emerge from the shadows to protect new york city from a gang of criminal ninjas it's pretty cut and dry I, i remember you saying during the movie like oh this is really simple yeah there's a simplicity to it it's fun it's good versus evil. You know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are. You you know what they're sort of setting out to do. Mm-hmm. And the way it was shot uh, also makes it simple to, like, follow the story, mm-hmm. essentially. 
Um, not not a whole lot of complicated bits to it. No, and I would say the same thing too for the cinematography. It was simple and effective. Yes. Like they didn't go crazy with anything. There were some very creative shots that they had mm-hmm. and a lot of really interesting ways of doing things. Like there was, oh my God, during this, I had to tell Ben to stop it because during the first five minutes of this movie, there would be like, say there was a shot of a guy unloading stuff from a truck and the electronics are all going to be stolen in mm-hmm. the next, mm-hmm. you know, five seconds. <laughs> but Ben's like, and we pan over. Oh, you can't see anything. And then he's talking. You come back. Oh, no. Look, all the all boxes are gone. Good. I'm like, you need to stop it. <laughs> like, they were so creative with the cinematography in this. And yeah. I loved that. It yeah. was it was so well done. And the movie opens with simple, this, this narrative of April O'Neill, who's this reporter, who is talking about this crime wave that's happening in New York City. Like, mm-hmm. you, uh, things are, uh, properties being stolen. Right. People are getting robbed. Right. Uh, assaults are happening all over the five boroughs. And she says it's sort of a shadow covert operation. No one seems to know who they are. Uh, We can't seem to make any arrests, but it's been happening a lot. Just to clarify, it's mostly just electronics. Essentially. But you have to remember it's 1990. Right. Stealing electronics. VCRs. And then reselling those electronics (laughs) Uh, to make a profit. uh, Mountains of cigarettes. Yes. Um, (laughs) On the black market. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Bless Sam Rockwell. Oh, Sam Rockwell. I don't know if this was his first movie, but it had to be close. It's amazing to see him as just this bitty baby boy. Because we just watched Fosse Bird recently. Right, with his two shaved little things in his his eyebrows. What was that? I don't know if those are actual scars or if he did that on purpose. And then then you think about now him being Bush in Vice, and it's like, wow, what a fucking journey. Yeah, truly. (laughs) So it was great to see Sam Rockwell in this. So the movie again opens about this this crime wave happening. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And April actually gets caught up in it. She's leaving work, and then she's being mugged by Sam Rockwell and his little lackeys. The newsie's gone bad. And then we see it pans over to the sewer drain opening, and we only see Raphael's eyes. We only see these big white eyes and a little bit of the color of the right. bandana. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So you can kind of tell what it is. And then he throws his sigh at the light, and then all you hear is like, Wah! like all you hear in, in the darkness right. are, are like people doing ninja E stuff and then you hear Michelangelo go no way and then like the police uh, lights come on and then you see all the muggers tied up right and I think I wrote down in my notes in all caps I'm like ninja stuff like it goes <laughs> black and I'm like they're they're like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually doing ninja stuff like right. they take out all the lights and then they attack these guys in the dark because that's what right. they do mind your yeah. surroundings <laughs> exactly theatricality and deception and all that so uh the foot clan does a lot of it too but i'll get into that a little bit later mm-hmm. um but again like it opens and it it really just sets sets the scene with like here's what new york is like right now the crime waves going on and we're slowly but surely introduced to our heroes right you know, we follow them into the sewer and they're having a great so, time because so they just succeeded. Right. There was one thing that didn't make sense to me. So, yes, they're down in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Splinter has said, oh, you guys did your first successful thing. Yeah. I've trained you for forever. You're 15-year-olds. I'm sorry. What 15-year-old? Like, the idea that a 15-year-old is taking out ninjas who are probably at least 10 years older than them, that's insanity. Sure. But sure. they're mutant but turtles. Yeah. And there's four of them. And they're trained in the old style. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then I'm going to, I'm going to jump if that's okay. Sure. Jump in plot. So at one point, so Splinter gets taken by the ninjas at some point. Yes. 
And then Raphael gets really upset about it. Mm-hmm. And then the ninjas come back and they fight him. I thought they were going to take him. It was weird to me that they just like kicked his ass and then left him. Well, essentially, so they, they find... Oh, I guess they fight all the rest of the They find the, the turtles, turtles too. they beat up Raphael, they throw him down into April's apartment right. where the other Ninja Turtles are. Right. So the foot ends up fighting all of the mutant Ninja Turtles. Casey Jones shows up, who is like a, a vigilante ally to the Turtles because New he... Yorker. Yeah, he's doing his own sort of vigilante thing. Like, right. he sees this crime wave going on. I want to know a Casey... <laughs> I want a Casey Jones movie. I want That a, would be great. I would love yeah, that. Yeah, so he, he's like this former professional hockey player who was injured, so he couldn't play anymore. So he takes all of his hockey gear and sports paraphernalia, dresses up as a vigilante, and goes out and beats up street punks who are stealing shit from people. Right. He and Raphael have this altercation in Central Park early in the movie. It's not a bad altercation. They're just kind of like kind of roughing each other up. And Casey Jones is like, what the fuck are you, first of all? like, Well, because it made it seem like, okay, so Raphael gets upset because for whatever reason, he just has an anger issue yeah. in life. Yeah. So he, after the fight, is like, yeah, I'm going to go blow off some steam. Because he lost then, a side. He lost a side. That's yeah. why he was April mad. took it because she didn't know what it was. Right. So she just so took she it. she just took it. Yeah. Uh, so he goes up above ground and then these two guys steal this old lady's purse. And he's like, oh, you can't do that. And then Casey Jones kind of steps in and is like, we got to teach these people a lesson. In my opinion, I thought Casey Jones was going to actually kill them. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He, like in my mind, Casey Jones actually is sort of like the Punisher. Yeah. If we're looking at other like it's like Daredevil comparative. and Punisher comparing yeah. the two. He, but like, he, I'm not going to kill you. But. No, like Casey Jones, in my opinion, was going to kill yeah, him. He was going to brutalize Yes, them. but Ninja Turtle, <laughs> Raphael is like, no, we're just going to rough them up a bit <laughs> right, and let right. them go free. Yeah, Catch yeah. and release kind of a system. Exactly. So at any rate, I was I was so confused by that. I was like, why didn't they just beat up Raphael and then take him too? So that would force the turtles to come to them. So but that, you know. The, they were, the foot was sent to find the turtles and take them out, essentially. Right. It was Tatsu's job to find the turtles, get rid of them, because that's what Shredder wanted. We'll get into Shredder a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we, uh, we meet Casey Jones. He and Raphael part ways. We have this beautiful moment where Raphael goes back home and Splinter's up waiting for him. And oh he, yeah, he, it's it's shot really. I it's like this dark really ambiance. There's like one candle that's yeah. lit, and Splinter's like, "I get that you're angry. You're unique among your brothers because you want to do stuff alone. Right. But don't forget that you have people here who love you. I'm here for you if mm-hmm. you need. It. It's like a three minute scene, yeah. but it's so beautiful. Yeah. And you have this giant rat talking to this giant turtle who happens sure. to be the the son that he raised. And you don't you don't even care because no. the emotional uh, the emotional truth just carries the scene forward and yep. you you're not even you don't even realize that these are monsters essentially right and then we're I actually too there was some other part where like I think Leonardo said I love being a turtle yeah man, and I, I was like man that's like any person that has ever been told that they're different or don't look the way that other people do or like consider themselves an outcast that's actually what the Ninja Turtles are if yeah, you think about it really and they like the have no idea that they would be any kind of a monster they have no idea that they would be or if they do they just don't give a fuck right like they are fine with 100% being a big ass green mutant ninja turtle and they're like I kick ass and take names Mm. like I loved that moment it almost kind of like lended itself to who cares what people say about you you rock (laughs) exactly you know it's that they're they're similar to the x-men in that way I think 
Um, so carrying on with the plot, April keeps doing her investigative reporting. Right. She talks to, uh, some Japanese people living downtown in Manhattan. And these Japanese people are telling them that these, the string of robberies reminds them of something that happened in Japan 30 years ago, where the specific ninja clan became like a den of thieves. Why did and it so, stop though? I don't know. I don't know. Cause I think they moved their base of operations to the United States it's confused. That that was, was one a little, plot point that was. It was a little muddy. Me, it it could have like, been. It was like thirty years ago, and and then it just stopped. But we're not yeah, sure it, why it, it could have been. It could have been uh, defined a little bit more. Yeah. But she is able to identify them as the Foot Clan, and then Shredder finds out that she's reporting on this, right. and he sends foot soldiers to, to take her. her out. Yeah. Raphael shows up, saves her, brings her down to the sewer. She flips out because now she's surrounded by. Well, that giant happens. Turtles. One of the ninjas tracks them and follows them, exactly. so he knows where they're so at. So now they they found their home base. April accepts that. Okay, these are giant turtles, and Splinter's a giant rat. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes, and. Yes, and exactly. The the Foot Clan find out where the turtles are living. They ransack the place while the turtles are gone. And they take kidnap, Shredder. They kidnap Splinter. Oh, Splinter. I always get Splinter and Shredder mixed up, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I literally think it's just because both of their names <laughs> start with S. That is the only right. reason. So the Foot Clan capture the giant rat, Splinter, take him back to their base. We get a really great introduction to the Shredder. We, we sort of get a quasi one where he's watching April talk on the news and he throws a knife at the tv yeah you can see like the silhouette of his armor all of the light all of the light work that was done in shots around shredder yeah I you had loved. shredder had like his special just gleaming off yeah. of his helmet like in the crane work that they did blinding, around it yeah. and like just the shadow his entrance work you have and, you it's it's ugh. this bird's eye view shot and you have this light just pooling out on the floor Very and then you simple. see his his shadow his silhouette come into frame but then as and he then comes in down behind right him. it's like before the the light was coming from behind him and yeah. then it switches to the light comes from in front and of him and above so that he's got this great shadow work yeah. that was so effective and then Tatsu comes over and pushes back his cloak so you see right. like the spikes on also, his armor also too I'm jumping around again I fucking loved when Shredder was explaining to April sorry when Splinter was explaining to April mm. where they came from, the little Jim Henson moments yeah, the of the little puppets, pu- puppets and like, and yeah, oh yeah. my God, the puppet for Splinter made me so sad any time that something sad happened to him. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, my master died. He's so sad. I just wanted to cuddle up this little rat that wasn't an actual rat and be like, right. it's, okay. it's okay. Or when he got his ear chopped off, I'm like, oh, no, not Splinter. Right. Yeah, they did a really good job job um just with all the puppetry and everything um but again like it's a backstory that's it's explained in like two minutes yeah it's it's pretty cut and dry you're like oh yeah yeah here we go i buy it and we accept all of it so now we have our introduction to shredder who is definitely more like the darth vader character he's wearing this samurai helmet that apparently like gives you a reverb in your voice sure which i don't care about because no but then he took off the mask thing and it was still there well, he he talked. You can hear it, but it it, it oh, sounded like oh, it was reverbed like, a little bit through yeah the, okay. through through the mask. All right, so, fair enough. But but I loved it because they were still clearly going for like a Darth Vader kind of feel. Yeah, he even says, "I am your father." To right, I his, noticed that know? too. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Which also, I fucking <laughs> loved the montage of all of the misfit, sad ass like yeah. 
bad ninjas or like bad the, newsies. The 90s. Yeah, Literally, but... it's the newsies gone bad. Gone really like bad. they stopped selling papers and started stealing electronics. Exactly. It's so intense. Yeah. I loved that montage of showing them all like and then like the new ones come in and Sam Rockwell is like, you guys want something? You get it. You do and the kids Just like, well, do you have cigarettes? And he's got these massive things. It's like, you want menthol or non-menthol? <laughs> right. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you can this do whatever place you want here. really does have yeah. everything. So it's like Never Never Land, but the Lost Boys just went off a cliff. Yeah, instead yeah. of Rufio taking care of them, it's this random ass ninja lord right. that's babysitting all these instead kids. Instead of Rufio, they're taking Rufios. Right. right. <laughs> instead of Rufio. Rufio. No. Oh, roofies. Oh, roofies. No, <laughs> roofies would make you go to sleep. Oh, no, really? that's that's I don't not know what roofies ro- do. Roofies, that's rohypnol. I oh. did a project on rohypnol. <laughs> You're like, excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. When I was a sophomore in high school, I, didn't know you did I did this. a really bad PSA video about rohypnol. Uh, that's amazing. That's what you put in girls' drinks. So after Splinter's taken, the turtles are kind of forced to live with April. Yes. And then, again, the Foot Clan find out that they're staying at April's place. The Foot Clan come and attack. But right. But before that, Casey Jones sees Raphael up on the roof doing some, like, venting. And Casey's like, oh, that's the weird green dude that I saw in Central Park. Right. Because Casey's up on the roof, like, listening to his... Radio. His, you know... Which, if he was listening, he would be listening to, like, to us on right. Upper West Side Exa- Radio. on Upper West Side Radio. So he's trying to, like, find where... He's trying to, like, uh, get frequencies into, like, the police scanners and find out where crime is happening. So he sees Raph on the other roof. He's getting his ass kicked, so Casey suits up, runs over. By this time, the foot have, like, destroyed April's apartment. Everybody's right. fighting. Casey Jones shows up to help out. They retreat back down into the sewers where they, uh, no, they, they actually escape, uh, they escape down into the sewers and then get up into April's van to go out to to her random ass farm. farm. Right. Exactly. Upstate question mark. Yeah. yeah, To kind of like like recuperate. Essentially it's an abandoned home that no one has been to. So they go out there, (laughs) which then Raph is all beat up. So they They put put him him in a tub with water and that's enough. (laughs) Like that was another thing that I was like, okay, I guess like you just, if a turtle is dying, just put it in water (laughs) and it will get better. Right. That was another thing that I was like, we we have done nothing to get this guy better except April dribbling some, some water, water on him at some go. point, and being like, like he'll be all right, he'll be okay, he'll be okay, sure. But there's some really touching moments in there yeah. where like, Leonardo's like like watching vigil over Raphael while he recovers. Also, I fucking loved April in this. Like there yeah, were some Judith parts Hogue where I wish that she had done had had a little bit more like I don't know hand to hand combat and yeah. seemed a little bit more empowered in that yeah. way. Like watching her try to attack ninjas with a purse reminded me I need to take self defense classes. <laughs> right. Like it's like there was stuff like that where. I wish there was just a little more, but she was a fucking badass yeah, at the was. same time. Like, she really stood her ground. Yeah. Um, I feel like that. Yeah. She was very empowered. You're right. Like she pulls out Raphael's sigh and then they just like slap it out of her. Right. I was like, like, oh shit. And then she uh, just like bludgeons them with her purse. And she's like, oh, you're going to get like, it no, now. Yeah, right. Saks Fifth <laughs> Avenue, your ass. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so they're at this farm sort of collecting themselves, recuperating, uh, waiting for Raphael to come out of, uh, to come back to consciousness Mm -hmm. um and all this while we have sort of these shots of splinter sort of talking to this kid who's a a, a wayward stray who's been taken back at shredder's Shredder's lair exactly yeah so you have these really touching moments kind of father-son moments with uh splinter who's trying to like mentor this child and then being like what are you doing with your life like and this child is april's boss's son exactly so there's kind of a tie-in with our lead heroes and everything right so Raphael comes out of it comes back um and then the four of them start training essentially they 
they also learn how to meditate. And in that moment, they're, they're I all, loved it was that. a beautiful scene. They're all sat around this campfire and they quiet their minds and they're able to have some commune with Splinter. They're able to meditate and communicate with him. Which was really, because in that moment, he communicated and said, like, I love you all. I'm so proud of you. You know, you've learned the final step yeah. of what it is to be a ninja master effectively, yeah. which is power of the mind, not power of the body. Exactly. And he said, and my last words are, I love you. Yeah. So I thought I was like, oh, I guess Splinter's dead Dead. like that was another thing too where i was kind of like is he he dead is he just saying because he knows he's gonna die and they're not gonna find him like that was something where i was like i think it was splinter maybe accepting his fate Mm -hmm. like i'm i might not see any of you again so just in case since we've managed to figure this out and then that ends and like you see michelangelo like crying it's this really touching moment and then they're finally like okay it's time for us to go back and find the foot clan find splinter and so they are able to attract the Foot Clan down into the sewers. Right. But what the Foot Clan has done is actually take the battle up to the street. Right. Which is what Shredder wants because right. he's like, I'm going to deal with this myself. So once the turtles are out up into the street, they go up on this rooftop. And then Shredder, again, with another great entrance, just slow, like 22 frames per second, drops down. And he's got this giant spear. And his costume's fucking awesome. Yeah, It's a it little is. weird. It's, it's like this, a little it's like weird. this glittery purple onesie. Yeah, some part of it is like it's an intense <laughs> supervillain yeah. meets like, you know, ballerinas that ballerina are... Ballerina ninja. Ballerina, because that, that shiny red, it just yeah. makes me think of like figure skaters. But he's got like his belt and he's got his gauntlets and his greaves with the spikes. He's yes. got like his left-handed, uh, his, his spikes on his left hand. But he's all. But he just he just stands there and he's he's just like, that's it. Just looking at him just, and and the turtles are like, what the fuck is this guy? And there, there's some really great dialogue too. Yeah. Like Michael oh my god. Like, I there were some moments that were so fucking funny. Yeah. Some of the di- that was the only thing. Like for this movie, I thought the dialogue for the most part was very clever. Yeah. It was really well done. But then there were also some really clunky moments that were like, nah. mm. as a kid, I would have thought that was funny. Yeah. But it, it's, as very an adult, 90s. it's very nineties. It is. Nice. There's it's like very bodacious and also too. And there's a lot of space in the dialogue too. Yeah. Like stuff that right now, like Aaron Sorkin <laughs> would be just pulling the hair out of his head <laughs> watching this movie because just so, we're so used to things clipping now. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. So, so there was a little bit more breathing room in some of the but there was that one part on the farm where Donatello is walking through and he's humming old McDonald and he gets startled by grass I don't they're like oh my god I died that was so funny amazing little moments like that of subtlety or when the when the pizza is left over and they have the pizza funeral yeah for the leftover pizza so oh, great. so funny. So at any rate, now they're fighting Shredder yeah. and then actually Casey Jones and Dennis. And, Dan- and Dan- Danny. Dennis. And Dennis Galahad. De- Dennis uh, the they've, Menace. They've uh, rescued Splinter from Shredder's lair. Right. They have sort of a come to Jesus meeting with the rest of these kids. And Sam Rockwell's like, no, I have to stop you guys. We're a family. And Casey Jones is like, you call this unconscious guy and all this like stolen property you call this family like what right. the fuck is wrong with you that I kind really of kind of wanted that to be that monologue to go on way too long exactly. <laughs> just with to like, like some music family under is it. yeah exactly it would be like this warm gorgeous music it'd be like family takes care of you when you're sick <laughs> family makes sure that you get A's and if you don't get A's they're still proud of you family makes you wear the socks your aunt Mildred got you for Christmas <laughs> even though they don't fit right right family just like way too long yeah. of a monologue Very, is that, what that I wanted amazing. so Shredder ends up kind of handing 
the turtles their own asses and like the shredder knows that they're fighting in the old style he recognizes right. it so he's able to like see their moves before they do it right leonardo lands one hit on him which going back to what you said about his katanas that's actually the only cut in the movie where leonardo actually slices someone's yep. sword so, so he's it's, able possible. To get it's possible it's possible maybe he just didn't sharpen his swords that day he's like Physics. oh these are super fucking dull jesus um so he lands a hit on shredder but he manages to uh get the turtles to throw away their weapons because he's about to kill leo but then splinter shows up on the rooftop as it turns out splinter and shredder knew each other from previous life what oh my god yeah so going back a little bit splinter belonged to a japanese martial arts martial artist champion named hamato yoshi wow I'm Yoshi was in love with a woman, but also his enemy. His was enemy in love Oroku with Saki too. was in love with her too. So Oroku Saki ends up killing her. Well, because then... they moved to the United States to right. try to get away. She's yeah. like, I want to have a life with you, but I want to be safe. Let's move to the U.S. and start over. Oroku Saki and the Foot Clan follow or em- immigrate to America as well. Right. He finds Hamato Yoshi. Yeah, a shredder kills her mm-hmm. and kills Hamato Yoshi as well. Splinter sees all of this, attacks Shredder from his cage, ends up biting his face. Shredder like slices Splinter's ear off and he just leaves. Which also too is like he cuts his ear and is like Yeah. That's a lesson yeah, for you. Let that be a lesson to you, little rat. Yeah, and right? Then like Shredder just <laughs> Shredder just leaves and starts, you know, starting with the foot clan and everything. Um, so these two knew each other from a previous life. So Shredder takes off his mask and there's a big bite mark on his face. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill you. And so, uh, Shredder charges at Splinter and then Splinter like does some nunchuck cool shit. Yeah. Cause and, like, one of the nunchucks the got stuck. It's a really cool right. shot actually, because there's like this separate, uh, you have, uh, Shredder charging Splinter, uh, Splinter taking the nunchuck and wrapping it around, and you have and this this pulling. one shot, and then pulling, and then you see Shredder go from the roof all the way over the side of the building, right? And then like this snap of the nunchuck, these little like inserts, yeah. You so you can follow along with what's happening, but right. Shredder like goes from the ground, flies over the roof, and you're like, oh fuck! And so he's like hanging on, and then he falls into a dump truck. <laughs> And no, no, not not before Shredder tries to give him a lesson oh, to that's try right. to teach him, like, hey, you wronged your ways. You mean Splinter. And, oh, sorry, Splinter. Fuck, <laughs> Splinter tries to teach Shredder a lesson. You were wrong your ways, and yeah. then Shredder has a knife, a knife, tries to kill Splinter, catches it, catches Splinter's it, like, <laughs> and then Shredder ends up falling to his death into a dump truck, which Casey Jones flips on. And you that see these inserts of so super violent. Violent. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. let's not have anybody get cut yeah. or anybody you, get stabbed, but let's see, watch someone get crushed. You only see the helmet getting crushed. Which I know for Spoilers, the second one, Shredder lives. he lives. Um, it's because you have to have your villain come back. Yeah. So again, like I'd, I'm looking at my notes and the like you said, I just I go back to what you said about the simplicity of this movie. There's so many caps. Yeah. I start off with this fucking movie. Opening sets the tone. Crime wave. <laughs> Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were the creators. Ninja shit. <laughs> wow, these suits, costume. God bless Jim Henson. First battle opens the movie. They're teens through and through. I feel like that was a through line that was kept very well. Like, mm-hmm. you're constantly reminded that they're teenagers. They're right. 15-year-olds. Yeah. And they talk that way. They behave that way. Right. Even when Splinter's trying to be serious, 
they're kind of distracted by other shit. Yeah, which is one hundred percent. It would be like kids being distracted by phones. Yeah, it's like you hanging out with your fifteen-year-old, like you and your fifteen-year-old gang, just chilling out. You would all be just asshats. In quotes, I put one day I will be gone, which is sort of a a precursor to Splinter being kidnapped. Right. it, It gives it sets the tone of. Of, of that event happening. Also, too, when he's like, one day it will be gone. It's like, okay, he's talking about I'll be dead. And then later on, Donatello and Michelangelo are talking. He's like, yeah, what do you think he meant by that? <laughs> right. It's like, I think And it all means they can he's... think about is pizza. Right. Right. Thank God. And we ordered pizza. We did. We movie. actually ordered Domino's Pizza, which they had Domino's Pizza right. in Right. Even the though movie. Pizza Hut did like the marketing campaign afterwards, which was What? Yeah. It's a little odd. I don't know why they did that. Huh. Um, true to the comics with the fedora and the raincoat when they're going out in public. Which Worst sort of works. But again, like, ever. and I told you this, I'm like, they're in New York, no one's gonna care. And like, yeah. Raphael flips over the front of the cab, and the guy in the back of the cab's like, what the fuck was that? And the driver's like, I think it was a turtle in a big raincoat. You're going to LaGuardia, right? That is so <laughs> New York. Or like, when Casey Jones shows up to see Splinter, he's like, big ass rat. He's like, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> We're saving the rat. Okay, here we go. That's Uh, such a New Yorker thing. Casey Jones's vigilanteism, which I really liked. I want more of that. Splinter and Raphael's beautiful moment. Um, You have like the typical fat chief of the NYPD who's like, ah, like, like, kind of like fat and bumbling and kind of useless. There was some part, though, that I was like, I'm so, like, April said something like, well, could you say that to us in English? Which I wasn't sure if it was like, was that a slight at him being, because I'm pretty sure that he was of Hispanic descent? Yeah, maybe. I I thought it was Italian. Something, I'm not sure, but I was like what was that shredder in all caps i think just because of his entrances were shot so well it was so well done Uh, the foot clan does ninja shit too it's great uh casey jones is listening to rooftop vigilante radio there's a ton of ninja in this movie uh the movie came after the animated show Uh apartment fight it's in two parts because the first part of the apartment fight apartment has so many windows oh my god like like it's it's a wall of windows it's like down on bleaker street yeah like way downtown actually it's actually really close to where the friend's apartment was (laughs) oh really yes (laughs) cute friend right there Um, there's a, so yeah, the first, the first half of the fight has like that wacky cartoonish music kind of feel to it. And then again, Casey Jones shows up and then it gets like really serious. The place catches fire and all this kind of shit. Um, Turtle Farm, uh, they go out to the farm and everything. Oh, Tatsu, who's like Shredder's right hand man. When Tatsu fails to kill the turtles when they escape the apartment. Oh yeah. And he Tatsu goes goes back in the locker room and just starts beating the shit out of people. Yep. In the original cut of the movie, he actually kills that guy who ends (gasps) up on the ground. But then it was ADR later where the guy's like, oh, he's going to be okay. That ADR was put in after the fact. No. So in the original cut of the film, he dies like, Tatsu kicks him so hard that that's, he that's the 80s breaks movies his I'm gastrointestinal used. hashtag <laughs> justice for Atreyu like right. I'm expecting <laughs> we need to have um after uh oh during the turtle farm we have this great montage scene of them training uh shredder and the turtles fighting style fireside ghost rat meditation yep um brotherhood equals power uh final fight murder they murder shredder in the back of he's dead he's legit dead there's no way you could survive Um, that a lot of uh throws to tim burton's batman just tone and the way also too at the very end because april got fired for having pushed too hard on this thing uh and getting the chief in trouble which was the chief (laughs) in throws with that's what i thought i thought like the chief was part was like getting some kickback or was he just getting pissed off that he's having his ass which would have been kind him. of a great story 
make a great so sort too. of side story. Like the chief is taking a cut or whatever the foot steals. I 100 percent think that makes cahoots, sense. Which is why he's not doing anything about this. Let's crime go life. back. This is why we I remake love, movies. Right. Let's I do love it. That. Let's do I love it. That. But um, then she gets fired. So then her uh, <coughs> boss is like, "Okay, I'm so sorry. Come back. I made a huge mistake. Come back. Come back office. to me. Yeah, yeah. You get your corner office." And I'm like, he literally said yes to everything. She's like, "Well, I don't get paid as well as Judy over at Channel 5. Hmm. He's like, well, you'll get paid better than her. Well, I don't have an office. Well, you'll get an office. Well, I don't have a corner office. You'll get a corner office. Get it in writing. And like, but like, he just agreed to, to everything. Right, 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 I'm right. like, bitch, you got to level this shit up. Go even further. <laughs> further man. Get paid time you off. Get your car. Like... The, the overall arc message of the movie, I feel like, is about fathers and sons. And yes. And the, 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 the story of uh, Splinter trying to mentor this other kid, uh, Splinter's relationship with his children. Um, yeah, I feel like it was that, that was sort of the overall theme of the movie. Overall, I really, I liked the movie, but it definitely felt like I, I would have enjoyed this more if I was even, if I, if I was rewatching this in college, I think I would have had more fun. Yeah. Just because, again, I'm so hyper aware of certain things. Mm-hmm. The practical holds up. I am a whore for practical now. Yeah. Like, any opportunity where we don't have to have CG, not that there's a knock against CG. But- I know it's incredibly complicated and very difficult to do. Yes. That being said, I fucking love practical. Yeah, and so seeing this is just, there's such an appreciation for that. Yeah. The dialogue, the gaps in it, the space in it, the breathing room. I know it's so that kids can catch some of those jokes. Sure, sure. But I felt that. Uh, what else was I going to say? I don't know. I It was it was great. Yeah. I didn't, I think I might have hyped it up a little bit too much in my mind. Oh, Okay. It didn't. It was great. I had a fun time. I liked it. It was goofy, but I think I hyped it up a little bit too much okay, in my head. Okay. It I mean, it it held up for me in every single way. It was exactly how I remembered it. It's, yeah, it's to almost be like fair. I kept saying, "Oh, that's right." The for movie the stuff that I remember, thirty seeing. years old. Number yeah. one, number two, it it feels like a time capsule. It's, yes, it's, it's literally going back in time to when. Uh, movies were, and again, comic book movies were just sort of yeah, coming into their just own. Just barely. You know? Uh, so it, it was still early on because now we're so saturated with those things. Yeah. To where I feel like movies now, especially those big tentpole Marvel movies, even going back to reviewing It Part 2, yeah. where movies now feel like roller coasters to mm-hmm. me. It feels like you're going to a theme park mm-hmm. where movies don't stick with you after the fact. That's why I want to see Joker so badly is because it 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 looks like, and my brother's seen it twice, it looks like its own kind of standalone movie, but it's more of a character study. Well, I think that's you know? the thing too, is that everything nowadays is made knowing that there's going to be at least two movies franchise. after that. Franchise, I think there is franchise. a hint of this, but yes. also at the same time, I think they left it at a point where it could have ended right where it was. It could have, but and, and if you look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 2 and 3, mm-hmm. they're very cartoonish. They, yeah. Those are specifically made for kids. Not that this wasn't, but, I, but again... There's a darker shade on a, it. Yeah, it's not overly exposed for lighting. Nope. Um, of, and again, Tim Burton's Batman came out the year before, so they're like, okay, let's try going in this yep, direction. It's more true vein. to the source material. Yep. Um, they simplified it by giving the turtles colored bandanas when in the comics they all just wore red. They all wore red bandanas. Oh, really? And they were identified by their weapons instead of the color of the bandanas, which oh, I don't mind. I actually, I actually I love really that. like the association with the colors. That's what I've so always So I feel like they took a big risk with this movie because, and you may not know this, this is an independent film. It was independently financed by European investors. What? Because oh, ma- Golden Harvest? $13 million budget. That's it. Holy God. This was a third of what Batman was made for. Wow. Yeah. And so 
the fact that it made I think two hundred fifty million dollars. Like Holy I think I think just in the United God. States alone, it made one hundred thirty three. So at the time, it was the the highest grossing independent film ever made. That's insane. And you can you can kind of tell because it does have that indie film it vibe. It does. Like and it then feels it was taken over because they went to like all of these these groups of parents who were like, oh, it was too violent for my kids. Can you tone that down? What person just lose got it. cut? Uh, right. And they're and they're mutant ninja turtles. Like what? The do you word ninja them is in there. Someone's ass is going fight? to be handed yeah, to them. Yeah. So anyway, I feel like th- this movie is sort of uh like like again like a time capsule in itself because yeah. you see the potential of maybe what they could have done and again i think the story like you said could just end and be its own it could be movie its in own itself. movie and that's why i don't watch the second and the third one because this one to well, me now i really so... want to watch the second fuck the Please third don't. one i don't i remember like, the second one they because... go back in time to well, like feudal japan oh my god yeah. that's right now i want to watch the third one i'm <laughs> not gonna lie because i will, I will watch it by myself Great. that's fine i'm one of my work from home podcast. days I will just Great. do it. I'll do a quick 30-second <laughs> review of it. it. so much. No, I want to really watch are. it because it's going to be, it's for me, it's probably going to be like my version of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like, but... But Mortal Kombat's But great. Mortal Kombat's amazing. There's, okay, never there's mind. There's actually a really good episode of How Did This Get Made about Secret of the Ooze, which is part two. Oh. Um, it's really good. And again, like every point that they hit is so right on in that there's no violence in the movie. Right. It's really weird. Huh. So, anyway. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Let's do some trivia. You want to, to some trivia? Yeah, All let's right. do it. Do trivia music. So Judith Hogue, who plays April O'Neil, just did a movie with Robin Williams a few years before called Cadillac Man. Robin Williams found out that she got the role, and Robin Williams was a massive turtle fan. So he actually gave her all of his turtle stuff <gasps> to research before she started filming the movie. Wow! Yeah. So if you didn't think Robin Williams was amazing already, oh, I miss him. Oh, I miss him too. So much. I haven't seen the new Aladdin, but I don't want I to. I don't want to. I don't want to either. Uh, this was, again, the highest grossing independent film of all time, having made $135 million at the domestic box office and 66 at the foreign box Wait, office. Wait, most of all time? Mm, of, at the time. Oh, okay. I thought you said of all time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure so in Avengers America, of some point has beat that. Of course. And going back to Temple franchises and all right. that. Um, there's a dog. That's our neighbor dog. Hallway. I don't remember his What's name. What's the dog's name? No, I was just going to say, I don't think we've ever learned that guy's name. Oh, the guy or the dog? Both. Oh. We don't know our neighbors. The dog is out of control. The dog is out of control. It's insane. Yes. Uh, so yeah, in, in America alone, it made 10 times its original budget. It made 66 overseas, which was insane. Wow. Um, Judith Hogue was actually not asked to reprise her role as April O'Neil because she uh, apparently was really hard to work with. Like, she complained a lot. Um, it was the uh, the six-day shooting schedule, so they only got she only one got day one day off, off a week. And she also did not know how violent the movie was going to be. Which, to me, I'm like, this is still PG violence. Robin like, Williams it's still... gave you exactly. all the and like you just and, and again, the, the sequels are not all that great, so maybe she didn't regret not doing yeah, them. Yeah, she might but have still, bullet. You know, it Interesting. Was, uh, yeah, it was a little, huh. uh, it was a little weird. Um, in the script and novelization, the young boy that Tatsu, again, tacks was supposed to die, die from the beating, but again, they ADR'd all of that in after the fact. The ADR was a little distracting it throughout was. this movie, specifically yeah, yeah. April's ADR, because I don't think it was necessary. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And uh, one thing you may or may have not noticed, whenever there's dialogue scenes with the turtles moving their mouths, yeah. those scenes were actually shot 23 frames per second. 
And then in editing, this movie was also edited by Sally Menke, who did all of Quentin Tarantino's movies what? up until I think um, *Inglorious Bastards*. Yeah. Yeah. She edited all of Tarantino's stuff, but she's she's <clears> no longer she's with, no with us. Sadly. Um, but yeah, those are shot in 23 frames per second. Wow. And then in editing, they fast forwarded to 24. So you can tell that the motions by the turtles are little, are just a, a hair trigger fast, but because the animatronics and the mask, their mouths oh. didn't move very fast, so they actually had to speed up the frame rate. That's why. Yeah, so okay. you can, if you really pay attention, you can see it, but if you were just kind of like, if you weren't looking for no, it, you No, I wouldn't really have notice. known. Uh-uh. It's like two or one or two frames slowed down. No, I would have which, had no idea. So I thought they, they did a really good job. Um, the film was set in New York, but it was actually, most of it was shot in North Carolina. Oh, I was wondering where it was yeah, shot. So yeah, all sound stages on in, oh. in North Carolina. Um, I, it was shame. probably super cheap to shoot there because the Dino De Laurentiis uh, production company was going through bankruptcy, so they had all these oh, giant just sets use. that weren't being used. They're right. like, yeah, have at it. So on a $13 million budget, they probably, you know, because it would have been really expensive to shoot in New York City. Yeah. Um, it's, everything's expensive. And I was right. The Foot Clan is ripped off from The Hand, which is the Ninja Clan from the Daredevil oh, series. Oh, my Because Daredevil God. came out around the same time that the, the graphic novels were written for, about the turtles. So oh. they're like, we'll just make it the foot. And the, the Hand still be versus the, hand. the Foot, Christ <laughs> on sale. I'm like, hey, that's, that's great. funny. Uh, Jim Henson, whose workshop provided the movie's turtle costumes, yes. he was very upset about the level of violence. He, <gasps> he didn't know how violent the movie was going to be either. What? So he was very proud that they helped advance the art of animation animatronics which they absolutely did yes. with this movie. Uh, but he viewed the violence as excessive, pointless and not his style. So, however, What is your style of violence, I don't, Jim Henson? <laughs> like wacky, is like, that is that just, just like Miss Piggy shaking Kermit? Yes. <laughs> it's slamming It's like Stooges, Three Stooges exactly. level of violence is as far as we go. <laughs> right. Um, and you uh, you may have noticed but uh, like you said when when April's boss is like, "Oh, you can have your office, you can have the the race." April's like listing off all these reporters. Yeah. She's April. She lists off a reporter named May and lists off a reporter named June. So April, May, and June are all Oh, did you not catch that? I did not. (laughs) That makes me furious. That's lazy writing. I mean, it's supposed to be clever, but come on, man. Um, toward the end of the movie, one of the street punks uh, says, uh, or it's actually Sam Rockwell who says, check out the East Warehouse over on Lerdman. Yeah, and then Island. it just kind of, nothing happens after that. Yeah, you assume they go and check the warehouse, but the creators of the Turtles were Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. However, the original script stated that the warehouse was on the corner of Lairdman and East, which was also a play on the creators' names. So they tried to work in some creative nods little, to the guys who actually created. Little Alfred Hitchcock type exactly. moments. <laughs> we can't actually be on set, right. but we want to kind of like be on set. And that's it for trivia. Would you would you recommend this movie? Here's the thing. I would recommend it if you are a parent and you have a kid that's around the age of like, I'd say like seven to ten. Sure. Like, I think that it's fun enough to actually watch this with your kids. Do you think a seven to ten year old would actually sit through this movie i do you think so i do just because there's enough goofy stuff that's going on that i think but again i want to be sensitive to parents who are sensitive to violence that's the thing yeah and and that's the thing i I, and maybe i didn't touch on this enough the 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 hello rocket rocket snoring the the choreography and the fight scenes in this movie are a good mix i feel like they did a good job walking the line of trying to make it comical but at the same time 
there are some like really solid hits yeah. in this movie. Oh yeah. And some really well There's choreographed There's also some fights. really interesting <laughs> shit like uh I don't remember <coughs> it was it Donatello who was skateboarding and fighting ninjas yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same time. Yeah, he skateboarding through the sewer great. and like hit bat, 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 like hitting people with his staff that which was, was really great. fun. I know. think I personally maybe now that you're mentioning it knowing that I had recommended uh what did I recommend? I I recommended I recommended um Pulp Fiction to mm. one of my coworkers. Okay. Who was like, I couldn't sit through it. It was too slow. Right. It, it took too long. Like, what the I'm fuck like, what are you talking about? If, if it's Do you Quentin hate movies? Yeah. yeah. Like, but they, they in turn were listen. like, well, I really like stuff like Scott Pilgrim. <sighs> like that's, but that again is boom, 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 quick, quick, quick. That's something that I think we are seeing now, especially with technology. Yeah. Everything is instant. Everything is right now. Yeah. And so yeah. if there is any breathing room or space, much like in it, where we noticed people were getting bored as soon as story came in. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe yeah. kids would not appreciate this. I don't think this. they would. Like you, you would have to take away phones and tablets. Yeah. I feel like this is a movie where you're right. I feel like there there's a certain amount of uh, paying attention and yeah. listening that you have to do. So I feel like the more that you require of audiences, and especially of little kids, yeah. I remember being at the theater and just being totally just engrossed wrapped. in this movie. Yeah. You know? And of course that's before cell phones and all that kind of bullshit. But I don't know if kids, the, if kids these days would sit through a movie like this maybe maybe because not. it's so good and they're like uh oh, these suits look fake and all this uh, and i don't know i don't know i don't i don't see that going well so i would recommend it either to anybody who is like an 80s baby who can appreciate this kind of stuff as yeah. like the nostalgia throwback yeah. i don't know if i would recommend it to anybody that is outside of like a millennial and, and younger okay i don't know that they would necessarily appreciate this in the same vein that being said if it's like if you've got a sick day and you're at home and you want oh something God. fun to watch and you haven't seen this movie yeah, yeah. this is perfect oh my god like it's easy it's fun it's funny the nostalgia factor is so fucking high totally would recommend there's some really great like camera work in this movie too like right. just now that it's i'm thinking about simple it simple but effective I, and i think you called it out there's that part where they're on the rooftop in the final battle and they're all like kind of collecting themselves they're like oh fuck and this guy's good and then they're like no i think this guy knows where splinter is and then you see this shot of shredder turning around his Boom! Like, right. and it's so great because you still have the light on his helmet, right. but the shot itself is so fast, but it's so crisp that you're just like, oh my god! Like, there are moments in this movie that you just that just hit you so hard, yep. and you and and you don't expect that from no, a movie like this. Yeah, because it's Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> exactly. Turtles. This is not some kind right. of cinematic right. masterpiece. I I would recommend this movie to, and and I think you're right. Any early '80s baby who would appreciate this. This is sort of in line with like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or like yes. The Dark Crystal or movies like yes. that. The The Neverending Story. Exactly. Where we remember these movies as kids, and for me. Even without the nostalgia, I feel like this movie for me would still hold up today. Yeah. If just the the appreciation and the craftsmanship of the film itself. Exactly. What it took to make those suits, right. to make them work, right. to be able to do martial arts and these kinds of things. Right. And to out and to also make like a compelling story and have a really good villain and a really great overall theme of fathers and sons mm-hmm. and teamwork and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would recommend this movie to a lot of people, but I don't think if this movie were put out in theaters today. I don't know that, who would do that. That people well. would pay attention. No. Because uh uh it's not Jerry Bruckheimer, but uh Michael Bay mm. did two Teenage Mutant Control movies yes. within the last five years, and they are a fucking mess. Yeah. They're just CGI vomit. It's just they're no. horrible. It's CGI porn. They're it's terrible. all over the place. And I would take this movie yeah. a million times over than those. Exactly. I would watch this far more than I would watch any of the, I don't think I've even seen 
No, Teenage like for the I for no the interest. new one for the new one, it was almost like Teenage Mutant, <clears throat> Mutant Ninja Turtles do Transformers. Like it essentially, just, yeah, it was it, a Transformers movie right. with with CGI with, turtles. Yeah, um, it was just not. Anyways, yeah, I fucking love this movie. I still do. It was a great time watching it again. Um, I can't wait to watch it again. To be honest, again, again. I think we have. Yeah. like I think we have it on rent for another forty eight hours. You're gonna so watch I, it. I might watch it again. <laughs> so, and I told my twin brother we were doing this. He's like, "Oh my god, you have to." Yeah, yeah. So it's a good anyway. one. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Yeah. And uh, again, if you're in New York, or uh, I guess I don't know if it's on Sirius XM or what. Upper we'll West find out more radio, details, but, but we're we're in the very early stages of getting on UWS Radio, and we're we're very excited and honored to be a part of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we're on later at night because mm-hmm. we cuss. So right. <laughs> we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that being said, uh, in the interim, please be sure to share and subscribe yeah, to yeah, our yeah. podcast. You can still download us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, like subscribe all that jazz. If you could do us one favor, just one favor, just one, and share about us on one social media platform mm-hmm. this week, that would mean the world to us. Because be honestly, we can see that like a certain number of people listen to our podcast. We don't know who you are or right. where you are. <laughs> like we know that there's people in the United States and in the UK, yeah. but we don't really know who's listening. So right. it would mean a lot to us if you would share on Facebook, tw- uh, it's Snapchat, <laughs> Twitter, uh, you know, Insta stories or something. Just share them. about us. Yeah. We'll be posting. So share around and let people know that we're fun and funny. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with uh, with another episode. Something for fun. So, something fun. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.